This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now. All right, Logan, let's empty the notebook from the rest of the combine. Yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks, real quick, we got into this a little deeper yesterday or last episode than, than I anticipated. So we don't need to go too far in. Sure. But four quarterbacks are going to go top 10. I feel very, very comfortable saying that right Seems now. Like it, yeah. Do you think there's anybody else that goes in the first round and, and kind of what else do you have notes wise from the rest of the quarterback? Class? Yeah. I mean, I don't think any other quarterback goes in the first round. I think a guy to keep an eye on is Tanner McKee from Stanford. Mm-hmm. He had a nice day throwing the football. His tape's pretty good. You know, obviously that offense in Stanford is not dynamic. It's very kind of one note. But he's got a big arm. He's got some tools and some traits you can build around. And you know, his he, quarterback coach uh, is now now the quarterback coach here. By the way, is his old OC at Stanford. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, I and I know, um, you know, there's there's some positive vibes about him, you know, at the building, and, and you know, I'm sure there's a positive vibes around a lot of players right now. Like it doesn't yeah. mean they're going to go pick him up, but right. um, you know, he's, he's he's not coming here. But he's he's a guy with some traits, some ability, and. I could see him, you know, like if he slips to the third round, maybe you take a flyer on him and he's your backup guy for this year. Who sure. knows? But I'm not saying like they're like that's the, the problem with this quarterback class is it's like those those four guys, McKee, the kid from Purdue, um, uh, Aiden O'Connell. And then it's like you lose you start losing traits. You start losing you get into like that Taylor Heineke territory where like Max Duggan from TCU is a good mover. He's a good athlete. He's a good college quarterback, but he doesn't have the arm talent necessarily to play at the NFL level. Right. And maybe you put the kid from Georgia in that second quarterback bucket. Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Stetson Bennett. St- yeah. Maybe he falls in there. He threw well at the combine. So there's, you know, the first four, the next three, and then it's like everybody else. And so, you know, keep an eye on those next three for Washington potentially, but it seems unlikely that they go in that direction. And it just, everybody else kind of lacks, lacks traits, which is, you know, what you're looking for in a starting caliber quarterback. Let me ask you about one more guy. Sure. Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Yes. Great. Yes. Big big time traits. um, But he's also 152 years old for a draft prospect. Uh, He's, he's 25. uh, I think going on 26. If I, if I'm remembering correctly, I'll, I'll double check that in a second. If you, people, people, I think 26. Yeah, I, he might be. I think he's going to be 26 by the draft, whether he's 25 now or 26, whatever. Point is, he's old. And right. I think people confuse yeah. like what that means. Like The reason that's a problem is when you're 26 years old, you should go and beat the tar out of college kids. 
Like, it's just not a fair fight. You are so much more mature. You are so much more of a developed human being physically and especially mentally that producing, if you are good and like an actual NFL level pro, you should, despite not having NFL resources, getting to spend NFL time, all that kind of stuff, still be exceptional at college football. And so showing that you are exceptional as a 25-year-old in college football really isn't that impressive. Um, Now, he's got a bunch of traits. He is impressive. He's also obviously more developed. The older you are, the less room you have between where you are and your ceiling. So there's like that lack lack of potential but also just evaluating the tape in production, it's not like it's a fair fight. Like I, I, I've told this story before, but not in a long time. I remember going uh, back when I worked in Lawrence, Kansas. I would go occasionally, and this is, I was fresh out of college. I was like 23 years old. But I went to the rec center and would play pickup against college kids, mm-hmm. most of whom were like freshmen and sophomores. And I remember being able to just muscle them and like move them. And it's not like I'm, I, especially at that point, was a particularly big dude. I just was an adult and they were children. Right. And so, if you have that, but also access to, you know, a college weight room and, and all those kinds of things like Hendon Hooker should have produced at a very high level at Tennessee in the same way that Setson Bennett should produce at a very high level at Georgia because they are adults playing against children. Yeah. That said, he's intriguing as a prospect. What do you make of him? Yeah. So I'm really glad you brought him up because I totally forgot about him because he didn't run at the combine, obviously coming off the ACL. Yes. But I do think that, um, he he's like he's definitely he might be the first guy in that second tier i said uh tanner mckee but it might be hooker mckee and then the other two guys i mentioned and i think again his film's outstanding he's got traits and he's a guy that you could take a gamble on like he's like in that Derek carr kirk cousins like uh second third round draft evaluation you pick him he sits for a year maybe you get a starter for two or three years like he does have that kind of upside i mean it is you are projecting, obviously, and you and he does have the limitations that you discuss. But I think you feel like, hey, you know, if we're in a bind at quarterback, like he's a guy that could come in and win some games for us potentially. And I, I've heard that he interviews very well, all those types of things. So, still, I think my points, my point holds. You've got your top four, yeah. You got your middle four, whoever that middle four is, including Hooker now, and then everybody else. And there's not a lot of guys in that bottom group that you say, oh, they've got you know, a nice arm. They read the defense. Well, it's, it's a little bit dicey. Like for example, at the senior bowl, when I went, uh, you know, the, the kid from Fresno, uh, Louisville, uh, BYU. And, um, there was another guy that threw there, but they all looked kind of gross. Like I don't say gross cause that's mean, but they just, it was hard for them to execute an, an NFL style offense. And, yeah. you know, quarterbacks traditionally don't look great at the senior bowl cause it's hard to play quarterback, but, um, you just didn't see any of the traits, you know, the balls are floating, they're sailing, the accuracy, the ball velocity is not there. So I, I wouldn't feel great about any of those guys, but yeah, so I think it's kind of that middle four you feel pretty good about. Um, another one just to kind of throw out there is uh, Tyson Baggett from uh, Shepard in terms of arm talent and size. He kind of was going throw for throw with Will Levis ish in the, you know, I think Will Levis has a better arm, but he's another guy, some traits, but you're, you're very limited. You're, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the bucket there a little in terms of guys that you think could even project to playing starting quarterback in the NFL. And I know there's been a lot of success stories, Brock Purdy, Taylor Heineke's played a lot of football, but you don't bet on those guys. And those guys are kind of later round seventh free agent type guys, in my opinion. Uh, just to clean up aisle information here, Hendon Hooker's 25. He was born on January 13th, 1998. 
Uh, for reference, Sam Howell, 22, September 16th, 2000. Right. So just you're drafting a guy that's like basically three years older than your current starter. Correct. Two and a half years older than your yep. current starter. So there's that. All right. Uh, wide receiver is another one that's interesting. Um, and this is more of like, I'm curious where guys are going to go because it can push players up or down to Washington. Um because kind of where they would want to trade down to potentially is where some of these receivers, it seems like are starting to go. There's not a Jamar chase in this draft. There's not, you know, some of these guys that have gone really, really high. I don't know if there's going to be a receiver that goes in the top 15. Quentin Johnson's probably wide receiver one. I've seen him mocked occasionally in the top 15. Um, But what do you make of this wide receiver class? And is there a need remotely for Washington to get one? Or is this a position they probably completely ignore in this draft? Yeah, I mean, I think you always want receiver depth. So I think they do kind of, <clears throat> they definitely kick the tires on some of these guys. Like a guy that stood out to me was Jake Bobo from UCLA. He's 6'5". He got some special teams value. Um, you know, maybe he's your Cam Sims, you know, uh, AT Perry. They did just acquire Marcus Kemp, though, from, from, from Kansas City. Right. But I think you just, again, you just want a nice competitive room. And if you're looking yeah. for traits, there's guys in this class that have traits. So uh, what I will say is, uh, to me, Quentin Johnson's the number one guy just because he is... He's a freak, man. He's got like 35 inch arms, 34 and a half inch arms, like, which is insane for a receiver. He's six, four and he runs routes. I hate to make this comparison, but he like throws his feet into the ground the way like a Julio Jones does. So that kind of explosive, that physicality, he doesn't catch the ball overly great, which is why he's not going to be a top 10 guy, but I do think he's better than people want to give him credit for. I think, um, you know, Max Duggan was throwing to him. And they're like, oh, he wasn't productive against Georgia. And if you go watch the Georgia game, um, it's like he's open a lot. He's beaten guys, but the ball is just not there. The ball is late, whatever. So he, to me, is, is, is receiver one just because he's he's a freak. I know Francis Smith and Jigma gets a ton of hype. And at the senior at the combine, he looked great. He didn't play a lot last year because he had a hamstring injury. But he's like kind of that hyper smooth Cooper Cup, Amon Ross, St. Brown type of receiver. Not overly fast. Um, but really savvy route runner that in the right system could be very effective. The next guy is Mario Addison, I think. And Mario Addison um, had like a disappointing combine. So he's the Blitnikoff award winner from Pittsburgh in 2001. And then he transferred to USC and everyone kind of said the film wasn't as good. Jordan, Jordan Addison. What I say, Mario Addison? Jordan, uh, Mario yeah, Addison, Jordan yeah. Addison. Former, former uh, Ron Rivera player. Mario Correct. Yeah. Addison, Carolina uh, guy. Defensive end, Carolina. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, Jordan Addison and, um, I like him. I like his film a lot, but he didn't run very well. He ran like a, you know, four, five, six, didn't have great explosive measurables. And so you're kind of like, he's not a big man. Those are always kind of red flags with receivers, especially if that top speed number isn't where you thought it. It's not the end all be all. His film's very good, but with receivers specifically, like for example, the kid from Cincinnati in this year's draft was supposed to run a four, two, and he runs a four, five, six, almost It's almost a four, six. So you're like, it doesn't, something's not matching up here and right. it's a big red flag. So I would say, obviously none of those guys get a ringing endorsement. They all have kind of very specific issues and very specific fits, but that's kind of, I'd say would characterize the wide receiver class. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, tight end. Yeah. Um, to me, hold on. Let's, before we even get into this class, they are oddly, I don't want to say oddly satisfied at tight end because I'm with you that I like a lot of these guys yeah. in, in theory, but the Logan Thomas thing doesn't really make sense to me. Like, you can save a lot of money, and I guess if you're not really going to spend a lot of money, um, then you don't need to save it. Like right. you, you're, you don't need to slash one area of your budget if you're not going to spend that money elsewhere. But it seems like in the same way, I'm going to make a basketball analogy. So you're really going to follow along here. The Wizards traded Rui Hachimura because they needed to get more minutes from Denny for Denny Advia. There was a, there was a, 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 a jam at the position they needed to, and they, they liked the player that was not getting as much minutes uh, more than the guy that was. So they trade the guy uh, who's going to be a pending free agent, yada, yada, yada. There's only so many snaps to be available. They have all these young dudes. Logan Thomas started to look a little bit more like himself at the end of last year, but you can save a decent chunk of change by cutting him. I don't really get why they're keeping Logan Thomas. Good, excuse me, good locker room guy, good player. But to me, it just seems like moving on and letting these young guys go and maybe even drafting uh, one of these younger, you know, one of the tight ends and one of the deepest tight end classes. Daniel Jeremiah called it the best tight end class he's ever seen, yeah. uh, at least in the last decade that 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 would be a smart play it's a, a very use of finances it's a very deep tight end class but I, you know I, I understand why you're keeping logan thomas i think if you think he's got um you know tread on the tire and you know got a new offensive coordinator who likes to use tight ends and he's experienced and he catches the football well and he was very productive two years ago i can see why you'd keep him and that happens every once in a while you've been around you know the nfl long enough craig to know that's a thing that happens um so you know you you, you we do like the upside of the young players but I also think it's nice having a kind of an experienced vet to kind of helm and direct that room for a year. And if you like Logan, you think he's going to be productive this year. Maybe that young guy ascension is two years away. So, you know, we'll yeah. see. They can still cut him. It's not like anything crazy yeah. is happening. So. They could also very easily get through the spring, see that like Cole Turner's made a massive leap and be like, sorry, Logan, you're going to be a post June one cut. Right. And uh, you, you wind up, if you do it that way, you save, seven million on the cap basically and you have dead cap of 1.75 the next two years right so very affordable if you do it pre-june one it's 3.5 dead cap this year you save 5.17 yeah so doesn't that feel like that's probably the direction they would go you know post june one if, if yeah. you're doing but, anything. i mean you can designate him and do it now but like it allows you to get through the spring and if and if for whatever reason logan doesn't look great um, and a Cole Turner or a Curtis Hodges or a Mario Rogers is like ready to go QB one. And, or you drafted a guy, um, that turns out to be like, Whoa, we got it. We got something here. Yeah. Then you can make the decision then. And by the way, if they're still in the middle of the Duran Payne negotiations, opening up $7 million might be something that's worth, worth it at that point, And they don't feel like they need it right now. Dude, hundred percent. I think that's exactly right. That's, that's kind of what it feels like. So you just kind of, it's a little insurance policy. The guys don't come along. You've got some guy with an experience. You know, so I think they're probably in a good spot. And with regards to the, with the, to the tight ends in the class, it's a very, very deep tight end class. There's a lot of really good football players. So, you know, if you wanted to, you know, if people are like, are they going to draft the tight end? I don't think so. But let's say you're, you know, you're sitting there in the third round and one of these guys is staring you in the face like a really good football player. I can see them taking a flyer, third, fourth, fifth round. Like that's how deep this class is. There's going to be a good football player way later in the draft. So you, you're we're not in the business of passing up on good football players. So if that's the yeah. best value on your board at that point, you're going to take one. And like, that's what I would keep an eye on if you're a fan is it's a very deep running back class. 
It's also a very deep tight end class. It's a very deep edge rusher class. So as the board starts to fall, don't even though those are kind of positions of strength, quote unquote, for this team, they are going to pick one of those players because at some point a running back tight end or edge rusher are going to be the best player on their board. By the way, this is an incredible tight end name class. It's a great name. Just based off names. Yep. Dalton Kincaid, great that name. dude's a tight end. Yep. Darnell Washington, Luke Musgrave, Sam Laporta. Great names. You got Luke Schoonmaker. Are you kidding me? Schoonmaker from Michigan, yeah. Have you ever heard a better tight end name than Luke Schoonmaker? Yeah. Besides, you know, the Michigan great Jake Butts, of course. Jake Butts. Dude, they're all great names, and they're all good. And that's the crazy thing is they're all – good football players and they're all kind of high upside athletes like Laporta everyone thought was going to run slow comes around and runs like a four five two and his film's yeah. excellent so you're like oh well like he's going to be a baller he's probably By the way, yeah go ahead uh my I was just gonna make another dumb joke you you please finish your point no it's it's I'm just saying like they're like everyone he's like the third or fourth tight end in this class who's got awesome film and he's running fast he jumped high he catches the football well and you're like Oh, shoot. Or like the kid from uh, Cincinnati, Josh Wiley, caught the football better than any receiver at the combine. Like he was so smooth catching the football and he's going to be probably a fifth round selection. So it's like, you know, I remember when I was watching him, he caught the football like Travis Kelsey. Now he doesn't move like Travis Kelsey, but like Who does? that excellent, the hands, the body control. And I was like, this guy in any other year is a second round pick, but because this is such a deep class, like he's going to be pushed down. So I think it's just a really compelling class in that way. And there's a lot of really talented football players. And these are just the guys that are at the combine. There are other guys that are, aren't even listed that are very good football players as well. Yeah. Um, Leonard Taylor sounds like he's a consultant on Capitol Hill, uh, but that, that's okay. The rest of these guys sound like tight ends. Also, shout out Ryan Miller. Uh, you don't get a lot of Furman prospects. And as someone who grew up <laughs> 30 minutes from Furman in Greenville, South Carolina, shout out to oh, him real real quick just while we're shouting yeah. somebody out let's talk about zach Koontz real quick from old dominion kind okay. of a local boy right he um six OBU eight you in the house six eight uh, i think he was 262 he ran a four five forty he had a 41 inch vertical and he had a, like an 11 one broad so he just Great. tested insanely um films a little up and down but like if you're looking for a guy with like tremendous we talked about traits at the tight end position doesn't yes. get much more tradey than that. So no, keep an eye on that guy at some point in the draft. That is a big, gigantic, athletic human. Jumping, uh, yeah. Yeah, last last offensive position to touch on real quick, and then we'll wrap with a couple of defensive looks. Uh, running back. Oh. It seems like they need one late in the draft. Um, yeah. They kind of need to replace the J.D. McKissick role. Obviously, uh, you know, Robinson's going to be their their RB one. Gibson's going to be their RB two. Hmm. Gibson extension eligible. I doubt he's going to get it. Um, and and you could very easily move on from him after this year, depending on what kind of year he has and what kind of check he's going to require. But they still need a third. And I know Jarrett Patterson is someone that like excited MJD when he was on with us. But uh, what do you think of this running back class and the ability to get someone in that third down back role late? I mean. So just to give you some context, like when you go to the combine, you watch the drills and there's the guys that stand out. You say, oh, these, you know, there's probably five or six guys in this group that are excellent. The running backs got up there and I'm not even kidding. For the first like six, seven drills, there was not a drop ball. No one missed a cut. No one fell down. No one did everything. Everyone looked excellent. So 20 guys deep. And I was like, they all look fantastic. And then I was like, well, maybe I'm just being biased. It's the last day of the combine. 
I talked to a couple of coaches that were still around, a couple of scouts, and the first thing they say was, could you believe that running back group? So the point being is that there are a lot of good running backs. Now, Washington is looking for a very specific type of running back, a kind of a pass-catching third-down guy. So a guy like the uh, A-Chain from Texas A&M who ran the fastest 40 for the running backs is an interesting opportunity. I think he's probably gone in the third round. Like, that's where good running back value is. Um, you know, Gray from Oklahoma catches the football very well. Uh, like, there's just so many guys. Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State, he's a small guy, but hyper quick, kind of choice runner, Darren Sproles. He's like 5'6". Yeah. What is it with the 5'6 dudes from K-State? I don't know. They just take flyers on but He's a heck of a football player. Um, and so, like, there's three dudes right there that are, like, in a class full of guys that are really good. Keaton Mitchell from uh, ECU is – I think he had the fastest GPS time of any running back in college football last year. And he's like a big play waiting to happen. He ran a four, three, seven at the combine. So like, they're just name like there, if you want a running back, there will be one available. It's just kind of what you like, like Evan Hall from Northwestern had the crate, one of the craziest combine performances I've seen, not because of the testing because in the drill work, every time he touched the football, he would sprint 80 yards for a touchdown. He would literally catch the ball and run 80 yards to a touchdown, like a, absolute psycho and like so like i could just go through every one of these guys and be like they'll probably be on an nfl team next year chase brown his brother his twin brother sydney brown from illinois he caught the football well he ran well he's physical he's like that bodybuilder style zach corbinet from ucla he's 6'2 225 catches the football excellent he kind of has this like elite vision and you're just like man like anybody like just go down the list i'm just reading down the list and everyone's like awesome i haven't even talked about the two best guys so it's a fantastic yeah. class. You can find somebody kind of wherever. And um, so don't don't get locked in on anybody. Oh, we didn't take HA. We didn't take, um, you know, Keith Mitchell. We didn't take Eric Gray. There's like a thousand good running backs. And probably the best running, like route running guy, not named uh, Gibbs. Or what's the Gibbs from Alabama's name? I'm messing up. Yeah, Gibbs. Gibbs um, is the kid from Tulsa who was absolutely murdering the senior bowl. Um, so, there's just so many good backs in this class. There's like six, seven guys right there. So, you know, Washington fans, like they will probably pick one. It probably someone you never heard of and they're probably a good player. So, yeah, which is, which is nice. Uh, getting kick return, punt return could also be yeah. helpful out of that position. Um, something else to keep an eye on Sure. for some other, Tajay some Spears. other positions. Sorry, that well. was his name. Tajay Spears. There we go. Found it. 